to the Legacy Nashville podcast. We are so grateful that you've taken the time out of your day or night to tune in. We pray that this message encourages you to love God, love people, and change the world. Now, let's get to the message. So, last week we started a mini-sermon series on finances, and I let you guys know in advance, you know, disclaimer, a warning, uh, that this week was going to be all about tithe, and so that's what we're going to endeavor to do today, is talk all about tithe or first fruits or the law of first things, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear this message But not only hear this message, but to truly catch this message. Because I promise you this, if you will get God's heart for our tithe, it will be a blessing to your financial livelihood. And anybody that has received this revelation in the past and could testify to the fact that it has transformed your financial well-being, would you just say that's me? That's at least half of you guys. I should have known it's the first service. You guys all tithe. The tithers come to the first service. Can some of you double dip today, please, as to encourage the second service folks also to tithe? All right, I'm gonna talk about tithe. Um, and um, how about this? I'll just, I'll just pray, and then we're just gonna jump in because I don't have a long uh, scripture today. We're gonna talk about tithe topically. Is that cool? Yeah. Awesome. So, um, hey, why don't you stand up again? Let's, let's stand up and pray. Why not? Put your hand over your heart and just repeat after me, please. Say, Jesus, Jesus. show up today. today. Reveal to me me. what you want me to know know. about my giving. giving. So, Lord, I just ask that you bless every single person in this room. Bless me today. Uh, Bless us as we explore your word and we receive from you all that you would have to say to us about the first fruits message. We say that it is a privilege to partner with you and to give into the kingdom of God. Jesus, we love you, we honor you, we enthrone you, and we bless you in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Give somebody a high five on your way to your seat. Just encourage them real good because, listen, I know that the most sensitive nerve in a person's body runs right through their wallet. I know. So when we talk about money, we talk about finances, it's like a setup to get your toes stepped on, right? But today we're going to talk about the, um, the law of first fruits, uh, but I've entitled the message, The Big Test of Ten. All right? The Big Test of Ten. Here's what I uh, told you last week is that we don't have any weird or wonky motives in talking to you about your finances. Our motive is that you would be blessed. And, and here's my guarantee as your pastor, if this is your home church, I will not talk about money as much as Jesus. Like, I, I'm going to talk about money at least once a year, but here's what I can guarantee you. I'm not going to talk about money as much as Jesus, because I'm sure you've read the Gospels before, and in the Gospels, there are 38 parables. Guess how many parables that Jesus uses money in to bring an illustration about the kingdom of God, 16 of those 38 parables, which is pretty interesting considering that is 42% of all of Jesus's sermon illustrations had to do with money. But that really wasn't um, that crazy when you look at the Bible as a whole because we know that the Bible has a lot to say about 
a lot of spiritual topics, one of which is faith. How many um, passages, passages of Scripture do you think that the Bible talks about faith? 500. That's a, that's a, lot, of, that's a lot of Scripture about faith. How many uh, passages of Scripture do you think that the Bible talks about prayer? 500. That's a lot of, that's a lot of passages. But how many passages of Scripture do you think that the Bible includes on money and possessions? Over 2,000. Hold on. Hold on. Wait just a second. You mean that the Bible has over 500 verses on prayer, 500 verses on faith, and you mean to tell me that there are over 2,000 verses of Scripture on money and possessions? Yes, that is the truth. That means that God has a pretty strong opinion about how we steward our finances. And we talked about stewardship last week, so if you weren't here, please go back, listen to the podcast. God really cares about how we steward our possessions. He cares about our relationship with our resources, and we need to hear what God has to say about our money. We read some statistics last week about how very few people are thriving in our nation when it comes to their finances. And so we as Legacy Church want to set you up for the most success for you to thrive in your financial well-being. So we've got to look to the scripture to cut through the confusion and to get clarity on what God has to say about how to steward our money. I can guarantee you this as well. The devil does not want you blessed. I can guarantee that. You know why? Because the devil does not want you generous. He does not want you sowing into the lives of those that are in need, the poor, the widow, the orphan, uh, those who need help. He does not want you having enough so, they, so that you can help other people. I can guarantee that. So any, any topic where there's the potential for great breakthrough, the enemy tries to shroud with confusion and warfare. There's a lot of topics like this. Tithe is one of them. And a lot of times what happens is like people will sit and bear a message on tithe, but their spiritual ears look like this. La, 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 dumb and dumber, anybody? No, okay. La, 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 I don't want to hear it. Nope, I'm not interested. I don't want to hear about what God has to say about my money because I'm afraid he might ask me for some of it. Well, we covered this last week. It all belongs to him anyway. So it's not actually illegal for him to ask for something back that he gave to you in the first place. Amen? Everything belongs to God. So let's look at Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. It would not be a tithe message if I did not start here. Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 says this, Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? Let's read those last four words together. In tithes and offerings. That's kind of a punch to the throat, isn't it? Will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? How have we robbed you, God, in tithes and in offerings? If you want to be generous, it starts with the tithe. If you want to be hashtag blessed, it starts with the tithe. If you want to be a kingdom steward, it starts with the tithe. I know sometimes in talking about tithe, it seems like a big thing that it's only reserved for the mature. Listen, this is where generosity begins. And it's not even giving, church. It's returning. That's what the tithe is. So what is tithe? Let me give you a biblical definition. A tithe literally means a tenth. That's what it means. Tithe in English means a tenth. To tithe means to give a tenth of your annual produce or earnings 
to God. That's what a tithe is. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down too. Tithing is an eternal principle. All right? Tithing is a principle. Everybody say a principle. principle. Now, I want you to notice. Everybody say a principle. principle. I want you to notice that I'm not saying that tithing is a law. All right? Because I know sometimes it's taught in different ways. But here's what tithing is, church. It is an eternal principle. I'm not saying tithing is a law, which means you don't have to do it. You know, a lot of people say, why? Do I have to? No, you get to. Do I have to do that? Do I have to go to that service? Do I have to serve again? Do I have to give when I don't feel like it? See, I don't like thinking in terms of minimums. Even about my money, I'm not looking at 2022, setting financial goals for how much money I get to keep. I am starting to set financial goals, guys, and saying, how much money could I possibly sow into the kingdom of God? That's just, I mean, just sharing with you some of my financial goals. Like, how much money can I give away this year? How many kids can I feed in Mozambique? Just some things I'm thinking about. Tithing is not a law, but tithing brings life to those who do it. Everybody say life. And I can promise you this. This is one of the reasons why we have our tithe challenge. And I'm going to hit on that in the end. But we love to invite people to test God and see if you start tithing, how God will bring life to your life and how you can testify to his goodness in this area of your life. It'll happen. Guaranteed. It's not a law, but it brings life to those who do it. But just because it's not a law, church, does not mean that it's not important. Just because you don't have to do it doesn't mean it's not important. You'll never find the topic of tithing in the Bible to be like a passive suggestion. It always comes with some serious intentionality from God. It is something that God very obviously cares about so deeply. Take our scripture that we just read, for instance. God is plainly saying to us, even in the New Testament church, if we keep the tithe, we are robbing God. Is that too straightforward? If we keep the tithe, we are robbing God. I know it's a hard one to say amen to, but I'm going to go back to my amen corner over here. If we keep the tithe, we are robbing God. That's what the Bible says. Now, um, anytime I talk about tithe, it never fails. Somebody uh, slides in the DMs, and they ask me some questions about tithe, and usually their first objection is this. Well, that's Old Testament. Okay, well, that's very interesting. Thank you so much for your feedback. Yes, it is. Malachi chapter 3 definitely is Old Testament, but in the very same chapter in the Old Testament of Malachi, God says, I am the Lord, and I do not change. <laughs> Literally, the exact same chapter. It's right there. So, I mean, just keep reading. It's very interesting. God doesn't change, and yet he is the great agent of change. He transforms us as we are obedient to him, accepting his invitations to do things like practice principles like tithing. Now, the second objection that I usually get is this. Well, tithing, well, that was under the law, so I don't have to do it. I'm under grace. 
That's another common response. How many of you have heard that before? Four people. Okay. How many of you have said that before? Nobody has to wave at me. That's fine. Well, tithing was under the law, so I don't have to do it. I'm under grace, and that is also true. You are under grace. Yes, tithing was something that was given to us in the Old Testament law. However, remember what I said before. Tithing is an eternal principle. Everybody say principle. And this principle is eternal in that it preceded the Mosaic law. Before the law was given through Moses that commanded the people of God to offer their first fruits unto the Lord, tithing was already taking place in human history. Why? Because tithing is not simply a law. Tithing is an eternal principle that brings life to those who do it. All right? It's an eternal principle. An eternal principle. It's practiced before the law, and it continues to be practiced after the law. Just because something is right under the law does not necessarily make it wrong under grace. All right, there's all kinds of stuff in the, under the law. You read the Ten Commandments. They don't get nullified simply because grace is here. I'm not allowed to, you know, kill people now because the Ten Commandments were given under the law. Therefore, I live under grace, so it must not be a problem. Anyways, I think that might be another sermon that we could talk about. But just because something is right under the law does not necessarily make it wrong under grace. Long before the law was given, the principle of the tithe was practiced. Let's look at Genesis chapter 14, verse 20. This is, this is before. This precedes the Mosaic Covenant, all right? So the Old Testament law had yet to be given. Genesis 14, verse 20, we see our father Abraham, and Abram gave him a tenth of, y'all say that last word, Everything, right? So this is Abram before he becomes Abraham. He meets the type of Christ, Melchizedek, and he gives a tithe to Papa Mel. <laughs> Genesis chapter 28, verse 22. This is a, a, a different uh, figure here. Uh, this is Jacob. And this stone, which I have set up for a pillar, shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, God, I will give a full tenth back to you. So this is, pre remember, the law had not been given yet. So this is an eternal principle. Everybody say principle. So this principle, it was taking place prior to the law, and this principle still remains and takes place after the law. So the principle of the tithe can also be called the principle of the first fruits. Everybody say first fruits. I want to keep you engaged in this. A little different message, I know. But this is not just the principle of the tithe. It's also called the principle of the first fruits. Long before there was such a thing as physical finance, long before there was such a thing as the dollar, long before there was such a thing as checks, or how about this one, cryptocurrencies, long before there was such a thing as Bitcoin, which, by the way, I just want you guys to know, we are changing financial processors over the next couple of weeks because we're actually gonna save some money on fees. So more of what you give to God through the local church can actually make it to the local church and not to a corporation. Praise God, that's good stewardship, amen? But also as part of our new processor, guess what we can now accept? Bitcoin, what's up? <laughs> Me personally, I'm excited about that. I know there might be some financial advisors in the room that are like, too risky. Do not give by Bitcoin. I'm probably going to give by Bitcoin. I'm going to be honest with you. It's just me. 
But long before there was such a thing as Dogecoin. Thank you, Elon. Are you guys up to date on these things? It's pretty fantastic. I like it. But long before there was such a thing as uh, franc or euro or any of that, um, there was produce. There was fruits. There were vegetables. There were animals, right? Because at the time in which Jesus is giving his parables, at the time in which uh, the Old Testament is written, uh, you're talking to people who, for the most part, live in a purely agrarian society. And so when they talk about tithe, they're not talking about giving a tenth of their dollars to the Lord through the local church. They're talking about giving their first fruits of their produce, their crops, their goats, their animals, their bulls, whatever it might be, they're giving the first fruits unto the Lord. And it's clear from Genesis chapter 4 that the very first family, that's right, Adam and Eve's kids, they had received an understanding of the eternal principle of the tithe, right? Well, that was under the law. Well, not, not, not just under the law, because you see here, Genesis chapter 4, literally the kids of our first parents, Adam and Eve, they understand that God expects financial offerings as expressions of my worship. My amen corner's dying on me over here. God expects financial offerings as expressions of our worship. Amen? It's clear in the Bible right here. It's preceding the law. Once again, Genesis chapter 4, right? So we got, we, 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 we got the, the kids of Adam and Eve. And here's a great story about the tithe or what it means to offer your first fruits unto God. So Genesis chapter 4, we're going to read verse 3 through 5. This is a great story on the tithe. Remember, this is before the law. Why is that? Because tithe is not a law. It is a... Tithe is not a law. It is a... It's not a law. It brings life to those who do it. Amen? Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 and 5. It says, in the course of time... That sounds about like how some of us give unto God. Eh, we'll get to it. It's not really that important. No big deal. God knows my heart. He understands. If I have enough at the end of the year, maybe I might give a little bit unto God. In the course of time, the Bible says, that Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought an offering. But I want you to notice what kind of offering that Abel brings. Abel also brought of the, say this word with me, firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. And so Cain was very angry and his face fell. Now that, how many of you guys have ever read that before and you're like, I don't get it. Why? God, that's kind of messed up. What's up with that? Like, they both brought you an offering, right? It's obvious, the Bible shows us that there was an appropriate time that the brothers were called upon to worship the Lord through financial gifts. And one brought an offering that was uh, Cain from the fruit of the ground. So we can, you know, know that he was a, a farmer, right? And then Abel, uh, he's a shepherd. He brings a different type of offering, not in the course of time, but he brings his first. He brings the firstborn. How many of you guys are familiar with this principle? Quite a few of you guys. 
Well, I, I think there's gonna be some people in the room today that are gonna really catch God's heart for the tithe and it's gonna change your financial state. I believe that in Jesus' name. The Bible is clear here that Abel brought the first, the first of his uh, flock, whereas Cain did not bring the first of his produce. So we have two different types of offerings. One of the offerings, uh, God, God says, I'm pleased with Abel's offering. And yet Cain, he brought an offering, and God says, I'm not pleased with your offering, Cain. So what was the difference? The first difference was that it was not Cain's first. The other difference was is that in the course of time, Cain grew his crops. He waited around. In the course of time, he got around to bringing an offering to the Lord. He had no sense of urgency when it was time to worship the Lord through his finances. Eh, no big deal. That's nah, not really that important. How many of you guys are getting the picture here? No, it is important how we worship the Lord through our financial gifts. Amen? So the lesson here is this, is that God is looking not at our checkbook when we give. He's not looking at the amount that we put into push pay. He's not looking at the size of the you know, check we throw into the offering. That's not what God is con concerned about. You know what God's concerned about is, is not what the giver gives, but the heart of the giver. That's why you could look at you know, the, the, the widow's might and say, this woman right here gave more than everybody. Because it's not about the size of the gift. It's about the state of the heart that you give in. You with me, church? And so he's looking at Abel's heart, and that is exactly why he is pleased with Abel's gifts. When we give our first and when we give our best, God receives and respects that kind of offering. Everybody say first. first. Everybody say best. Yes. That's the kind of offering that God loves. And so your tithe is your first fruit, therefore it should be given first. Once again, Exodus chapter 23, verse 19 says this, the first of the first fruits of your land you shall bring into the house of the Lord your God. Now, not only does, does the Bible teach us what God requires of us when it's time to tithe, but, but God also teaches us where our tithe is supposed to go. You, you learn anything? Yeah, you still with me? Still with me? Where our tithe is supposed to go. Bring it where? Into the house of the Lord your God. So God designates a place where we are supposed to, to tithe, and the Bible calls that the storehouse. Everybody say the storehouse. What's the storehouse? Well, I believe wholeheartedly, I want you to know, wholeheartedly, I believe that is the local church. Wholeheartedly, I believe that is your local church. In the Old Testament, God kept an abundance in storehouses so that there could be distribution when the people were in need. How many of you remember the story of Joseph? Right? Hey, bring, bring the blessings into the storehouse because we're gonna, we're gonna hold it here because if, in the case that there's gonna be need, look, there should be abundance in my house. That's what God said. There should be an abundance in my house. So uh, in the Old Testament, God kept an abundance in his storehouse, and guess where else he referred to as the storehouse? The tabernacle. And the tabernacle was the place where he designated to establish the greatness of his name. And so he had people bringing first fruits. He had people bringing offerings into the tabernacle. And so today, 
The storehouse is where you go to receive your spiritual nourishment. Where is that? Yeah, that's, that's, your, that's your church. Where do you worship? I mean, you worship in the car, you worship in the prayer closet, you worship in the living room, yes, but where do you have fellowship? Where do you come to receive? That is part of the local church. Right? How many of you guys get something from coming to church? It was only half of you guys. <laughs> Man, we're going to have to get better. <laughs> How many of you guys get something from coming to church? Amen. I get something. Every time I come in here, I'm always grateful, right? Well, it's actually illegal, illegal to reap from a field that you have not sown in. I mean, we want to be generous, but listen, church, we are expected to bring the tithe into the storehouse of God, and I am not suggesting that we should not give to other causes. I want you to support missions. I want you to give to specific missionaries. I want you to feed people. I want you to do everything that is in your heart to do or that the Holy Spirit leads you to do through generosity. But listen, the tithe is different than offerings. Anything you give above your 10%, that's offerings. But your tithe is your first 10%. That belongs to God, and it belongs to the storehouse, all right? If you're still with me, say amen. All right, I want to talk to you a little bit about how to tithe. And I actually have an illustration just because I thought it might be helpful. So I'm going to have Luke help me. And I, I, got, I got a table here. I've become, for the day, I have become uh, an orange farmer. And I think, um, for those of you guys who got this cold going around afterwards, we'll just pass out a little vitamin C for you, okay? All right, cool. So I'm going to do my best to, like, crush this illustration, although I never give illustrations, so I'm literally bringing my notes just to ensure that I don't mess it up. I'm like, I never, ever, ever do illustrations, so we're, we're, we're going to do, do my best to, to do it right, okay? Okay, so Leviticus chapter 27, verse 30 says this, every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, it is the Lord, that's right, it is holy unto the Lord. Okay, so I got two boxes here. Everybody say, this is God's. Everybody say, this is God's. Everybody say, this is everything else. All right, so now I got my oranges here. I'm going to put this one to the side. I'm going to need that one in a little bit. All right, guess how many oranges I got here? Count them. How many think I got? I got 10, that's right. All right, so I got 10 fruits, all right? Y'all liking this, I can tell. You're like, where's he gonna go with this? He never does illustrations. I'm gonna do my best. So I got 10 fruits. Now, this represents my produce. Everybody say your income. So just imagine this, I just got a paycheck. Man, I'm feeling good right now. I just got my paycheck, that direct deposit just hit. It's Friday, I'm very, very excited. I got my God bucket, everybody say God bucket. Here's my everything else. Everybody say everything else. You got it? So I know that 10% of my income belongs to the Lord. But based upon statistics, here is how most of us, just based upon statistics, probably not you guys, your first service, it's probably second service, but based upon statistics, this is how most of us manage our paycheck. All right, so we know, okay, I know, I, I know I'm supposed to tithe. I know I'm supposed to tithe, yep. I got, I got my paycheck here, got my produce. You know, it's Friday, I'm really excited, but I gotta pay my bills, right? Because it's Nashville, 
and, uh, you know, housing, it is quite expensive. So I'm going to go ahead and throw one in for my, uh, my, my rent. Who am I kidding? It, it, I live in the city limits. I knew y'all would help me. See, it's my left hand. See, I, I just, it's, everybody say everything else. Y'all going to help me through this. Everybody say God's. So, yeah, who am I kidding? It's Nashville, so that's going to take two. Yeah. Housing is steep. Now, you know, I got to pay, uh, if you got AT&T, that might be two as well, but we'll do one because that's expensive, right? So you, you're writing checks. Now you, got, you, you, paid your, uh, you paid your phone bill. All right, now you got to pay, uh, what else you got to pay? You got to pay your, your car note. That's right, yeah, that $500 car note. Uh, then, you know, it's Friday night, and so, you know, the wife, she wants to go out do a dinner, you're like, man, I'm going to take you to J. Alexander's. We're going to get that steak and fries. Hallelujah. And then, you know, Saturday comes around, and, you know, I got to go to the grocery store because it's Saturday, so I go to Trader Joe's in my pajamas, and I'm going to go ahead and push the cart around. I get a little bit too much stuff because it's Trader Joe's, and I'm hungry. And then your friends are like, hey, man, let's go out. Let's, let's, let's go out and, and, you know, let's, let's go out on the town. Let's get some food tonight. Okay, yep, let's do that. I, I'm so excited to hang out with my friends. We're going to do that. And, and then Sunday comes around. You realize, man, I, I'm, I'm going to have to pay, you know, I'm going to pay my credit card off because last weekend I put the dinner with my friends on my credit card, so I'm going to have to go ahead and, you know, pay that off. And then, and then now it's like we're looking at this right here, and we're like, okay, um, I know that God has an eternal principle called the first fruit, and it's the tithe where I give 10% of what I earn unto the Lord. But this right here, I have this last, and I know that when the bucket comes around, like I'm supposed to tithe, but the Lord, you know, he knows my heart. Do a little knife here. So, so I'm going to give that unto the Lord. I want to be a wise steward. I ain't gonna, God knows my heart. Bless you, Lord. I didn't tithe. I tipped. Right? Like, yeah, amen. There you go. Thank you, Lord. I, I, I appreciate you. I, I want to I bless you. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Did I just tithe? Absolutely not. All right. So. Whoever's hungry after the word, you can have that right there. I got to back up. All right, I'm going to put all these back out again. How many do I have? Ten. What bucket is this? What bucket is this? I'm just asking you for me. I know you remembered. All right, so I got 10 here. So how much is the tithe on this produce? One of them, right? Which one? The best one? The biggest. That seems like a nice one. But hold on, which one's the first one, though? Do I start on the left or do I start on the right? The left? I pick in the middle? Which one's the first one? Is it the best? Yeah, I want to pick the best one for sure because I want. So here's the principle of the first fruits. Here's how to know which the first one is. The first one is the first one I spend. That is how you biblically tithe. 
the first one I spend. Now, let's say, for instance, that I do what I did before. I put everything, I pay all my bills, and then at the end, I, okay, I'm good. I gave, I gave 10% to God. Did I tithe? You didn't. But I know a lot of people who are like, at the end of the month, hey, I still gave my 10%. But let me ask you a question. How much faith does it take to pay God last? The tithe is not simply the tenth. The tithe is not only the best, but it is also the first. The principle of the first fruits and how the Bible outlines tithing according to the scripture is not just 10%, but it is the first 10% of your increase. That means the first thing that you do before you pay any bills, before you write a check to Uncle Sam, before you pay the mortgage, before you pay the phone bill, before you pay the credit card bill, before you pay Fannie Mae, before you go out to eat with your friends, the very first thing that you do is you give in the tithe. Can I tell you, I was so like blessed and inspired by our church whenever we got our very first stimulus checks. Can I tell you, I just wanna brag on you guys a little bit. Like on the day that the direct deposit hit for the stimulus checks last year, I got a report from our finance team and it was just a long list of everybody tithing. They were like, just hit my account, first 10% belongs unto the Lord, I'm giving it unto God. Well done. Honestly, well done. That is what biblically tithing is. It is not just one fruit, it is the first fruit. That's it, that's what biblical tithing looks like. So it's absolutely possible to give a full 10% to the Lord and not be tithing in accordance to God's principle. Absolutely possible. So the tithe is the first one spent or giving. The first money that you spend when you get paid represents your first fruits. In other words, when you get paid, the first transaction should be the tithe. Everybody say amen. 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 Now, tithing is a test. That's why I called it the big test at the end of the day. Tithing is a test. It is an invitation from God to put him first in every single area of your life. As I started off with, like, hey, man, I understand. Like, the most sensitive nerve that runs through our body goes right through our wallet. So it's like, there's just some topics that are off limits, preacher. One of them is my money. Listen, I don't personally need your money, but you need to be blessed, and I want you to be blessed, and my motive is for you to be blessed. Amen? I want you to be very blessed. And tithing is a test. God doesn't need your money, but he does need to be first in your life if you claim to follow him. That is the first commandment that was ever given to us. You shall have no other gods before me. And if you have to check with your money before you surrender to the Lord, your money's an idol. What did Jesus say? Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be. Notice that Jesus did not say wherever your heart is. There your treasure will be. Listen, money doesn't follow your heart. Your heart follows your money. Did you hear that, church? If I want to learn more about you and what you're most passionate about, all I need to do is look at your bank statement. I don't know if you guys caught that point or not, but Jesus said that your heart will follow where you invest. 
If you wanna have a bigger heart for the kingdom of God, invest in the kingdom of God. If you wanna be more passionate about the local church, invest in the local church. If you wanna be more passionate about missions, begin investing into missions. If you wanna be more passionate about somebody in ministry that you don't like, sow a seed into them. Because it's hard to root against anybody that you've sown into. It's true, I'm just, I'm just like, man, <laughs> like if I don't like that person, I'm just gonna figure out, what, I'm gonna get their PayPal. <laughs> don't know, if anybody cash apps me after this, I'm gonna be like, oh my gosh. <laughs> How you handle your money says so much about who you are. It's true. The number 10 represents testing in the Bible. I want you to think back. Every time you see the number 10, it'll represent a test in the Bible. How many plagues were in Egypt? How many plagues were in Egypt? AKA, how many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? Everybody say 10. How many commandments are there? In other words, how many ways are your obedience tested? Everybody say 10. How many times did God test Israel when they were wandering in the wilderness? It's 10, I'm, I'm helping you. Everybody say 10. How many times did God test Jacob's heart by allowing his wages to be changed when he was working for Laban? You guys remember that, right? How many days was Daniel tested in the first chapter of the book of Daniel? And this continues in the New Testament. It's not just Old Testament. Think about the parable in Matthew chapter 25. The 10 virgins had their preparedness tested when they did not store enough oil, they weren't good stewards, right? And then there are also 10 days of testing that are mentioned in the book of Revelation. And then as we all know, Jesus had 10 disciples. Actually, he had 12, I was just testing you. It's a little test, it's a little test. <laughs> Everybody's like, mm, I don't know, I think you might be off. The tithe, church, is the ultimate test. It's the ultimate heart test for a Christian. I'm telling you the truth, it is, it is. It is the ultimate heart test. Listen, um, somebody who's a bad steward is not somebody who doesn't have a budget. Somebody who's a bad steward is somebody who doesn't trust God with their finances. That's what bad stewardship is. The tithe represents this test. Is it really an act of faith, church? Is it really an act of trust to give half a fruit on a Sunday every now and then? It's not, it's not honoring God. Is it really an act of faith for me to give 10% of my income only after all of my other bills are paid? No, it's not. What does it say about my priorities when I willingly pay everybody else first and then I wait around to see if there is enough for me to worship God with my finances? That's not an act of faith. The first portion that we spend is our tithe unto God. That is our first fruit. Now, I wanna end with this. Yes, it is a heart test for us, but we are tested by God to test God with our finances. That's the way he frames it up. There's only one place in scripture where we are allowed to test God. You know what that place is? In our finances. In our money, God actually invites you to test him in the area of your finances. Now I wanna go back and I wanna finish where I started, Malachi chapter three, verse 10. It says, bring the whole tithe, where? Into the storehouse. 
What for? So that there may be food in my house. Now, God goes on and says, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to hold it. How many of you guys would like that kind of blessing? That blessing is attached to your obedience for God's heart for the tithe. So with that being said, I want to, you know, I want to give you guys the, uh, the tithe challenge. Some of you guys are, are familiar with this because you've done it before. Some of you guys haven't heard about this. Some of you guys have, and you think we're nuts for doing it. But we just believe that God is so true to his word and that we can stand on his word and that we can trust him with our finances that we've created a 90-day tithe challenge here as part of our church. If you've never tithed before and you're kind of like on the fence about tithing, but you're like, you know what, I'll do it. I'll give it a shot. God says that you're allowed to test him in this. You can go to our website, legacynashville.org, or there's a QR code in the back of the seat in front of you, and you can literally scan and you can take what's called a tithe challenge. And what we're asking people to do is test God in this. For 90 days, we double dog dare you to tithe in accordance with the principle of the first fruits. And watch as God does what he says he'll do in Malachi chapter three, verse 10, that he will kick open the windows of heaven and there will be a blessing that is poured out upon you that you cannot contain. We double dog dare you to do it. And you know why? Because we want you to be blessed. We've been doing this for at least two years now, and I don't know how many people we've had take the tithe challenge, but I want you to know, guess how many people have asked us for their money back, which is the tithe challenge? Zero. Zero. We'll, we will take your finances that you give unto God through the local church, and we'll just put it aside. Everybody who signs up for the tithe challenge, we'll put it aside. And in 90 days, if you send us an email and say, man, I tithe for 90 days in accordance to the principle of the first fruit, God did nothing in my life. I was not blessed at all. We'll just refund you your money. I mean, it's like risk-free tithing. I, I don't know. I know it's kind of crazy, but we just, we know that Malachi chapter three, verse 10 is what God says he will do. And so we want to invite you guys all to participate in that challenge. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to pray. So let me give you guys three points on how to respond while you're standing up. Number one, if you need to, repent today. Repent from withholding from God. If, if, if you were confronted and you're like, yeah, I don't really know, I, I just, man, I, I'm out of alignment with what God has asked me to do through the tithe. Well, today is a great day to, to pivot and shift and just repent. Listen, if you haven't tithed and you feel the need to repent, here's what repentance looks like. Starting today, moving forward in obedience. It is not going back. Listen, none of you guys have to feel any pressure like, man, I gotta go back and I gotta comb through all of my financials for 2020 and I wanna make sure I've tithed on everything. If the Holy Spirit leads you to do that, well, great. But please feel no guilt that you have to go back and tithe on something you haven't before. Just make a decision today to repent and moving forward to say, I'm gonna be the type of person that honors God with my first fruits. Amen? So if you need to do that, do that today. Number two, bring the tithe into the storehouse. Take the challenge. If you, if you have never tithed before or if you have never tithed in accordance with the first fruit principle or you've stopped tithing years ago because you're like, this is silly. I don't even know why I'm doing this. Ask yourself, were you tithing in accordance to the first fruit principle? If you weren't, biblically, there's a better way to tithe. 
And we wanna ask you to take that challenge. And number three, stand on the promises of God for your tithe. That you will be blessed, that you will be taken care of, that God will open up the windows of heaven, that he will pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. We have seen so many people uh, tithe and come back to us and say, man, um, I didn't have a car 90 days ago. I got, I got a car now. I needed a pay raise. I got a pay raise. I needed a different job. I got a different job. I was praying for a house. God bless us with a house. I got it under asking price. Like in this market, you know that's a supernatural miracle. Like all these amazing things happen and I want you guys to begin to expect for these things to happen. If you don't mind, just close your eyes just for a minute and I want you to ask the Lord a simple question. God, is this from you? A very simple question in your heart right now. Just ask the Lord personally and say, hey, Lord, is this from you? Is this word from you? Is this message from you? If he says yes, then just ask another question, which is, what should I do? What shall I do moving forward? What shall I do? We know that the word says that no one is asked to give under compulsion, control, manipulation, greed, none of that. If you're sensing any of, that, any of that, Lord, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just move on our hearts right now in this moment and that you would take off any burden that you did not call us to carry. You said that your yoke is easy, Lord, that your burden is light. You also said that the love of God is to obey your commandments. And that's something love looks like. And if this is a way, God, that we can love you more purely, more holy more completely, God, we wanna surrender ourselves to this and, and yield to it. Lord, for anybody in the room that has just had a bleak financial year and they're like, man, I would tithe, but you don't know my situation. I may not, but God does. And that doesn't change his word. Your circumstance doesn't change his eternal truth. This is an invitation for you to practice what God has to say about your finances. So Lord, we bless you today and we say thank you. Thank you. Thank you for taking care of us. May we all walk out of this place today with a heart filled with gratitude. Thank you that we have the ability to work. Thank you, thank you that we have the uh, use of our physical bodies. Thank you for the creativity that you've given us. Thank you for the education you've provided us. Thank you for, for, for our cars, for our houses. There's so many people all throughout the world that don't have these blessings that we have here in the West. And so, Lord, we wanna express gratitude, not entitlement, we wanna say thank you, Lord, for blessing us. Bless us so that we might be a blessing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. amen. My wife's gonna come and play. Thanks for tuning in to the Legacy Nashville podcast. If you'd like to support the ministry, you can do so at legacynashville.org forward slash give. If you're listening on iTunes, log into the store and give us a good rating and review. This helps our podcast reach new people with the good news of Jesus Christ. Until next week, love God, love people, and go change the world.